Hello, you're listening to Yarns from the Plain, a podcast for knitters, crocheters, and anyone who loves to play with yarn. Hello and welcome to episode 12 of Yarns from the Plain. Well, slightly different episode today. Um, I've come outside. Um, I'm by the side of the Weaver Navigation Canal in Northwich, and uh, you'll have to apologise. Uh, I'll have to apologise for the variety of background noises that you'll be able to hear. It is a little windy at times, so there may be a bit of wind background noise. And. Uh, overhead I've got a plane at the moment in the background um, it's actually carnival day today so although it's out of sight I can hear the fun fair at the carnival as well but um, I'm not broadcasting from home today just because I, I fancied a little bit of a change so first of all well I'm sorry I haven't been around for a while um, I've kind of I kind of lost my mojo a bit in June um, some of you may know um, from reading uh, my own personal blog, uh, Tales from the Plain, um, blogspot.com, that uh, near the beginning of the month, um, I sadly lost Lily, my beloved Lily. Um, she had been gaining weight, I think I mentioned that last time, I thought, although the vet couldn't find any evidence of it. And um, I thought she was doing quite well. She was still quite perky. And then she lost some weight again. Um, for a few days and I thought oh you know she's she's underweight again she got very wobbly um, and stopped coming up onto any of the furniture at all um, and I thought maybe that was the possible kidney infection kicking uh, or, or kidney condition I should say kicking in that the vet had talked about um, and then um, we came back to school after the half-term holidays. Uh, we had two teacher training days in school, and on the second one I came home and found her breathing very, very laboured. Um, even though it was out of hours for the vet, I made the phone call because I knew that I couldn't force her to, to sort of go through another day when she was obviously struggling to breathe and it was time to say goodbye. But as I came to actually lift her to put her in the cat box to take her to the vet, um, she actually died in my arms. So... You know, I think she was waiting for me. Um, it's uh, she's very sadly missed, and um, it took me sort of a little while to kind of get used to her not being around. And I still don't think I'm still fully used to that. I thought I was until I sat down this morning and tried to record the podcast and realised that she wasn't going to be jumping up and getting in the way of the microphone or on me or purring over my shoulder and and. I stopped recording and thought, bah, and went out and went for my hair appointment instead. Uh, so I've got out of the hairdressers now. I'm sure you're really interested in this fine detail of my life. Um, but it is carnival day, so traffic's a bit bagging in town. The weather's quite pleasant. And I just thought, oh, I fancy coming and sitting by the canal. So I'm by the canal. You may hear a few canal barges putt, putt by. Um... But it's really pleasant. I have got my knitting with me, but I can't hold my voice recorder and do my knitting. And when I tried to clip my voice recorder onto my um, blouse to do that, 
the wind that it picked up was sort of masking my voice, although possibly it could be still causing a bit of a problem now, even though I've turned my face um, so that I'm away from the wind. So thank you very much for all the people who have contacted me um, since you read about Lily. It's been really, really helpful, actually, um, which sounds very odd, doesn't it, that I don't know you, but you've all you just sent me your best wishes, which I, I have found very, very helpful. Um, the mojo, the missing mojo in terms of podcasting has also kind of extended a bit to my knitting. I've sort of cast on all sorts of bits and bobs, but not really focused on anything. Um, the only thing I've really sort of done with any consistency is spin, but saying that, I haven't even done that for the last two weeks now. Um, tried to put something on the, the leader and I can't get it to take on the leader um, when I was down at home with my mum so I've just uh, put the wheel in the naughty corner in the in the upstairs bedroom and haven't looked at it since so I really need to go and sort that out um, but uh, there we are last episode I um, talked about the UFO contest and uh, I did have some people entering so thank you very much but surprisingly enough none of you correctly identified the UFO that I'd finished which was actually my pinwheel um, jacket made out of the um, Cezia uh, Lana Ecologica um, which was just it's lovely and I, I actually finished it um, end of May and it's uh, I have worn it twice and then of course June was really quite hot here in the UK so it's it's been sort of carefully folded away um, so even though none of you actually guessed the correct answer because you did enter I thought well I'll still have the draw um, so I used a random number generator and the winner is Mad Mum um, I will uh, PM you on Ravelry um, but if you contact me um, with your details then um, we'll get you sorted out with a prize I thought what you could do is you could choose from um, either of the two abstract cat fibres, which are just gorgeous sock yarns, um, or I have a shocking pink um, gorgeous lace weight, which I can't remember the, the, the details of now from um, Knit Witches, but I know there's a, I think it could be 100% silk, but it is just gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous hot pink. Really, really nice. Um, and uh, if neither of those really grab your fancy, um, then um, I have some posh yarn lay as well that uh, you're more than welcome to to have. There's um, some in a sort of a mustardy purpley colour, which I can't remember the name of. Well, actually, no, I don't think I ever knew the name of it. I bought it at Wonderwall Wales two years ago. Um, but lay's a really nice yarn, sock yarn to knit with as well. So um, have a little look. I'll put photos on the um, show notes and um, put links to them in my um, PM to you as well Mad Mum but please feel free to contact me and choose um, a yummy prize thank you so much for all uh, taking part in that uh, what else is on my hooks and needles well like I say I've been kind of suffering a bit from startitis and leaveitis and can't be botheritis I think a bit but um, since I, I podcasted to you last I've sort of uh, like I say, I finished the pinwheel jacket and then um, I've worked on a few um, 12 by 12 Afghan blocks for um, Baker's Dozen, a new swap I'm in, and um, cast on a featherweight cardigan 
um, in a posh yarn lace weight. I think it's I think it's Sylvia, but I can't remember. And of course, because I'm outside in the open, I can't have a quick look on Ravelry and check for you. Um, it was going like a dream, lovely, um, and then my centre pool ball just kind of suddenly spilled its inside out. Uh, obviously when I was winding onto it, even though I've been keeping it under tension, it somehow a little bit had obviously gone underneath the, um, into the, underneath the, the wind mechanism. So it's made into a big lump and it's just been a nightmare to try and tease out. So in the end I broke it off and I've started working from the outside, but you know, that went and sat promptly in the, in the naughty corner. Uh, then I cast on a clapo tee in Manos del Uruguay Silk Blend that I picked up at iKnit in London um, in June. Um, and that's going quite nicely and that's kind of been what I've been doing. It's kind of nice brainless knitting and I like knitting the clapperty. Um, what I've done is, this is my second one, so this time instead of placing markers for the drop stitch ladders, I've actually decided to purl those drop stitch ladders so I can feel them. And as well as knitting the stitch either side through the back of the loop. I've also been purling on the wrong side rows through the back of the loop as well and it gives a really really nice edging to those drop stitch ladders, nicer than the, the first one I did. So that's sort of coming along quite nicely. That's designed to be uh, worn at the Clap OT TEA party um, on the first day of the UK knit camp in Stirling in August. Um, although it doesn't really go with the dress that I've subsequently bought, that I bought for a wedding and thought would do quite nicely. So, I don't know. May I either need to buy a new dress or I need to make a different colour clapperty. You know, both of those are an option. Um, and then today, I cast on um, for a stripy Noro messenger bag. <gasps> oh, it's gorgeous. It's a new pattern um, that's out on Ravelry and I suspect, looking at it, we could be um, the the first people to knit it. It's by um, Deborah Cook. I think she's Canadian. She's DCD Knits on Ravelry, I think. Uh, it's a free pattern and you stripe the Noro with a solid contrast yarn and the flap on the messenger bag is actually um, semi-circular so it just looks really really nice um, she's actually got it lined and um, got a zipper in it as well so that's really nice um, new skills for me I've not done zippers and I've not lined anything so that'll be a bit of a challenge so a group of us um, at Knit Group have decided to um, do the bag as a knit-along. Um, Rihanna, who, um, whose shop it is that we meet in, has already um, knit the main body of the bag and is working on the sides as we speak. Um, I'm not sure um, about Mandy and um, Miami whether they've cast on or not yet, but uh, I couldn't resist the urge this morning. It was just fantastic knitting to take to the hairdressers. I was having my roots done. See, I told you you'd be interested. And uh, it's just, you know, it's a lot of time sat there. And this is really, this is just stocking stitch. So, just bliss. And you know me and my Noro stripes. I just absolutely adore it. So, um, I'm using Noro um, Crayon 
um, in colour 102, which I don't think um, has been available in the UK. I picked it up as a from a US Ravelers um, D-stash. And then I'm alternating it with a kind of quite a, a bright medium blue in Debbie Bliss Donegal Luxury um, Tweed Aran, which I really like with... Um, I, I do like the, the Tweedy yarns with um, Corayon um, and with Silverthorne because they, they are singles so it complements it really nice with the texture. So, um, you know, if anyone fancies joining in this, this uh, knit-along and, um, you know, having a virtual one, well, not a virtual one because obviously we're baking real bags, but you know what I mean, um, uh, a listener's knit-along, um, feel free to join us. I'm, I'll put up information on the um, Ravelry group page and up on the show notes. Um, but it's a really nice, really nice pattern and really effective. And, you know... I just love the pair of narrow stripes. Talking of narrow stripes, I'm going to digress a little bit. I may have a bit of a trauma with that lovely chocolate um, striped narrow jumper that I did back in the spring. Do you remember it? The, the um, brown Donegal tweed and um, the pinky reddy um, purple narrow crayon. Let me explain why. Um... About 18 months ago, I made my first ever sweater that went over my head, and I used um, Donegal Luxury Tweed Aran and um, some leftover Noro Silver Thor um, in the yoke, and um, based it on an Elizabeth Zimmerman percentage sweater, although I made the neck slightly larger, um, so it would just roll over in a little bagel um, roll and um, not sort of feel like it was garroting me. Um, I took the measurements based on um, an old cotton sweater that I had that um, I liked and that fitted. And although it came out a little bit on the big side, I'd never really planned it to be much of a wear-outside sweater. I'd always planned it to be more of a wear-indoor sweater, learn how to sort of learn a bit about construction, learn a bit about sizing and alter it from there. And so it was always on, it's a bit on the slouchy side. But um, lovely it was. And as I've washed it, the Donegal Luxury Tweed's gone softer and softer and the Angora's come out of it and fluffed up nicely. So you can't really see the stitches. It's not felted, it's not fulled, but the, there's no real stitch definition, or not much stitch definition left, and it's gone fluffy and fuzzy and just really, really nice. And of course, Silver Thor, I think, had Angora in it as well, so that's done the same. Um, now, beginning of eight, well, just after Easter... Um, I decided that um, I needed to get my eating habits in hand, my exercising habits in hand again, and I've been, um, you know, applying myself to looking after myself properly. And uh, it's been really quite warm since then, and I haven't really needed to wear any sweaters. Uh, about two weeks ago, it was cold enough, even though it had been really warm most of June, it, was, it suddenly went very cold one night. So I decided it was time to slip a sweater on because I actually didn't want to close the windows because I liked having the fresh air in but I was just a bit nippy went upstairs uh, to put this big slouchy soft um, silver Thor um, Donegal Luxury Tweed sweater on to find a horror of horrors that um, <laughs> yes I've, I've lost weight I've lost about I've lost about 
21 pounds by then. You know, no mean feat, quite pleased with that. Unfortunately, it hadn't just gone from round my bum. Uh, it obviously gone from around my shoulders as well. Uh, put on the sweater and I looked like little orphan Annie. It was just terrible. Uh, you know, sleeves are way past my hands. Um, it's just so baggy and it's just not fit to be seen out. Now, of course, the Noro striped sweater is going to be looking similar, isn't it? And in fact, that could possibly be even worse because that is actually set in sleeves and with proper shoulders, whereas the um, Zimmerman percentage sweater is just sort of a knit in the round, do the decreases, it's not raglan or anything, there's no real shaping to it. Um, so, if you have any, you know, suggestions as to what I could do to rescue these sweaters, both of which took time and a considerable amount of yarn, um, you know, answers on a postcard, please. I suspect with the percentage sweater, um, I may just sort of wash it again and then pop it in the tumble dryer under close scrutiny every five minutes or so and see if I can shrink it a little bit that way. Um, at the moment I can't really work out what to do with the narrow stripy one apart from the fact that I haven't washed it so the yarn isn't really beginning to soften up. So I could, I suppose, just carefully unpick the seams and unravel it and do it all over again. Which would only take about two to three weeks which is not, you know, huge, and it was a lot of yarn and expensive and, you know, better that than I just sit there with a lovely sweater that I can't wear, but it's a little heart-wrenching. So, that's the reason why, even though I have loads of sweater quantities of yarn at the moment, I'm not making any sweaters at all, much as I'd love to, because I don't see the point until I've actually, my weight's stabilised, and I know what my dimensions are going to be. Um, <laughs> it's just like, oh, trauma! So let's stick with the old accessories at the moment. Um, so I'm going to get my Noro Stripe fix. Because that was going to be my ne next sweater, was a Noro Stripey chevron sweater. So I'm getting my Noro Stripe fix and making my messenger bag now instead. But all a bit traumatic. Anyway, as um, this is sort of a, a re-entry into podcasting, I'm probably sort of going to leave the main part of the structure um, that I usually use there. But I do just want to mention a couple of things. Um, three weeks ago, um, a group of us from the Knit Group went down to London for the day uh, on the train to go to the Victoria and Albert Museum quilt exhibition. Now, if you got a chance to go, um, I'm sure you probably thought like me that it was absolutely lovely. Unfortunately, it closes tomorrow, the 4th of July, so this is really too late to be of any use to anybody. But it, it was absolutely delightful. Um, but we arrived at the Victoria and Albert uh, about an hour before the tickets for our exhibition um, were timed for. So we decided we'd go um, into the Courtyard Cafe area because it was a really nice day, a bit breezy, but really, really pleasant. And I've never been to the Victoria and Albert and I didn't realise it was as large as it is. It's in um, the little museum section of South Kensington. And it's not an area I know particularly well. I've been to the Science Museum in the past and I've been to the natural, National History Museum. Natural History Museum, sorry. Uh, but never the Victoria and Albert. And um, the courtyard is just lovely. And there's big, you know, it's a big part of the, the building at the back. Glorious architecture and, uh, um, you know, a big water feature in the middle and uh, tables and chairs and some people sat down with their coffees um, around the edge of the water feature and uh, just really nice. So we got ourselves settled with uh, a cup of coffee and, you know, nibble scone.
laughing and that kind of thing. And uh, we were quietly sort of enjoying ourselves and thinking what lovely, lovely um, weather it was and what a nice day it was already and we hadn't even been to the exhibition. And then we caught sight of a young man. Tallish young man. Uh, hair in a ponytail. Mid-twenties maybe. Maybe a little bit older. Hard to tell. I'm really hopeless at judging age. And he had his rucksack and he had a little folding stool. And he was stood in the queue for um, the cafe. Which doesn't itself sound too unusual until you realise that attached to the top of the back of his jeans and hanging down was the most magnificent fox's brush, fox's tail. Not a real one, because obviously it would be far bigger than uh, any fox in Britain would get to unless it was living incredibly close to Sellafield and, um, you know, eating magic beans or something. Um, but he was there actually with a fox's tail attached to the back of his jeans that came almost to the floor. So the four of us sort of stood there goggle-eyed. I took a photograph because I couldn't imagine not taking a photograph and uh, and watched as he bought his muffin and his coffee and then took his little stool and set it up near the water feature and sat down and as he sat down on his little stool he popped his hand underneath his tail and lifted it like a, a concert pianist would lift the tails on a tailcoat to just flick them nonchalantly over the piano stool and he did exactly that with his fox's tail I was absolutely fascinated. It was just... And, you know, none of us could... Well, I just didn't quite have the guts to ask him why. You know, you want to really, don't you? But but you don't. Um, as I kind of came past him, I kneared, um a picture of him on my um, phone. Sat on the stool. Um, for anyone who hasn't ever read the yarn harlot, kneering is where you attempt to take a photograph of somebody uh, without them realising... Um, so named because she was attempting to do it uh, for the actor Greg Kinnear. I think it was in an airport, actually. Um, it, it did subsequently get mentioned on uh, Graham Norton's show, and he uh, phoned her up, I think, and spoke to her over the phone. Um, but uh, I think that was when Greg Kinnear was on his show. Anyway, I mean, I was trying to be quite discreet about the fact that I was taking a photograph. Japanese tourists went at all. They'd just got their great big digital SLRs out and were, were chops in a way. And uh, openly taking photographs of him. Um, anyway, we went into the court exhibition, which was lovely, and then we came back, and um, you know, he was—he'd set up his stool inside one of the sculpture galleries and was uh, sketching. So, you know, one can assume, I suppose, that he's an art student, uh, which of course makes perfect sense when you think then as to why he might have a fox's tail, because why wouldn't he if he was an art student? Um, so there you go. Made my day. We missed the naked cyclist cycling protest, which apparently was taking place in London that day, but we did spot a man with a fox's tail. Made all the more funny by the fact that when we got off the train at Euston, there was a hen party in front of us, a, a bachelorette party, uh, if you're in the States, um, that had obviously come down on the train um, from Stoke or Macclesfield. Or, or Manchester for the weekend and they were all wearing little sashes so that's why we'd pick them out as um, a hen party and uh, one of them who I can only assume is the bride had tucked in the back of her jeans so it was just over the centre of her bum uh, a beautiful big white fluffy puffball 
ball tail, like a rabbit tail. Uh, and assuming, you know, she probably had, I'm guessing, in the bag somewhere a set of ears for later on in the night. Um, and I can, yeah, I could understand that. You know, hen party, dress the dress the hen up as a, a bunny. You know, bunny girl. Is it fine, absolutely. But why a man on his own would wander around with a foxtail in his trousers? No idea. It's just, it baffles me. But then, uh, you know, these things are the things that kind of make me feel really proud to be British. Because, you know, only in Britain, really, would you find a man nonchalantly buying his coffee with a fox's tail. So, it's so random. It's so random. Um, it's wonderful. Anyway, uh, with on that point, I'm uh, going to sign off. Just to remind you that um, in two weeks' time, if you are interested and anywhere within driving distance of Nutsford, Woolly Wormhead is running to... Um, or it's... it's uh, teaching two hat design workshops, one on the Saturday, one on the, the Sunday. Uh, these workshops will sort of focus on design and um, working out the maths for the design um, and how to sort of alter for sizing. They're £40 including lunch um, at Fibre and Clay and I think there are spaces still available. Uh, I'm going to the one on Saturday. And at the end of the month it is the uh, Knit Nation event in London. I think that's at the uh, Imperial College London, which is not far from the Victorian Albert Museum, if I remember rightly. I think that's all in the South Ken area. Um, so that's been organised by um, Alice from uh, Soctopus. I think um, Cookie A is put on another one of her design workshops um, on the Friday. The one on Saturday is sold out. Um, I was quite tempted to go to that, although it's a little on the pricey side, but actually it's the day before the Oxfordshire and Tame show, agricultural show, and to help my mum out I said I would do the um, early morning stewarding shift on the children's art display in the domestic tent, and that will require me actually it's all going on within the night before as well to see where the setup is and where everything else is and so I can't be you know finishing up in South Ken at five and back home in Tame by uh, before six that's just not going to happen physically without the aid of a TARDIS so um, just a couple of, of dates for your diary then of course the um, UK Knit Camp and followed swiftly by the Ravelry weekend is happening from the 9th to the 14th of August at the University of Stirling. Um, there are still places available on some of the workshops. I don't know what state the, the accommodation is in, whether there is any accommodation left, but certainly there are places available on the workshops. Um, I am so excited by it. It's just untrue. Um, I've signed up for the pub quiz. So if any of uh, any listeners are going, any yarns from the plane listeners are going, and they're interested in forming um, you know, a pub quiz, I've kind of... Partly, you know, said we're doing a Northwest one, but so far no one else has come apart from uh, one other girl. So, um, you know, we could possibly put a Yance from the Plain Pub Quiz team together. I think you need ten. Um, also, we could have one, uh, if we don't want to do the Pub Quiz, but you do want to do the Treasure Hunt on the Friday afternoon, we could do um, a, a team, a podcast team for that. Um, if you're going at all, I don't know if any of the listeners are going, but I'm so excited, it's just untrue, uh, and I'm really, really looking forward to it. 
as a bit of a, a you know high spot, something to look forward to. Anyway, thanks for taking the time to listen. You can contact me um, by leaving a comment on the show notes page at www.yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com by leaving a message on the um, podcast group, Yarns from the Plane podcast group at Ravelry or by PMing me at Ravelry where I am, Tales from the Plane. Uh, You can also email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Yarns from the Plane. Show notes and links are available at the Yarns from the Plane show page at yarnsfromtheplane.podbean.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can leave a comment over there on the show page, or you can email me at yarnsfromtheplane at googlemail.com, or message me on Ravelry, where I'm Tales from the Plane. Until next time, take care, and thanks for listening.